The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's oh The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto experts in the morning. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Good morning and welcome to the Roto Experts in the Morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the King. I am Fantasy. And I'm joined this morning and for the rest of the week as Dave Martinez is on vacation by George. The answer expert, Kurtz, you can you can catch George uh, if you're an exclusive edge fantasy football subscriber uh, on rotoexperts.com. Enter, enter promo code the king at checkout for a special discount and uh, check George out because uh, we have a brand new 24-7 slack room and George is constantly in there answering questions. Nobody gives one-on-one advice like George. That's why we call George, George the answer expert. George, good morning. What's going on? Good morning, Scott. Been a little while since you and I have done a show together. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. You know, isn't isn't that a song too? It's been a while. I'm sure it has. I'm sorry. Is, is it a Kiss song, Scott? No, no, not a Kiss Who, song. Sorry. Who's that? Who's that by Chris Malone? Chris knows it. Stained. Yeah, it's like one of those, you know, those those one of those '90s emo songs. You know, and uh, you know when when everything in the world was wrong. Oh yeah, because everything is just fine now. No, and the things are not fine. You know, we saw we saw Darius Geis go down with a uh, with a knee injury to put him out for the season, and now we have bad news on another very hyped rookie running back, Rashad Penny of the Seattle Seahawks. If you're just waking up to this, uh, he suffered a uh, a hand injury yesterday, according to Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times, and uh, according to reports from from the NFL Network. We're going to see. Uh, we're going to see uh, him miss three to four weeks as he undergoes finger surgery. Uh, this, this is, uh, 
we already we already uh, feel a little bit dicey about Penny, despite the fact that the Seahawks talk, took him in the first round with the 27th overall pick because of the play of Chris Carson. Some experts didn't want to believe in say, saying Penny is still the guy that you want to take. But now this certainly puts a dent in Penny's progress because with the timeline we have now, he could miss the first game or two of his rookie season. Yeah, three to four weeks when you do the math. There are 25 days up until uh, week one, until that, that Sunday when the Seattle Seahawks play. So that's three and a half weeks. Uh, even if he's three, even if it's three weeks, are the Hawks going to feel comfortable throwing him in there? It seems like their biggest worry with Penny was uh, blocking, picking up the blitz on third down. It's always the, the key for a rookie running back. Make sure you don't get your, uh, your quarterback killed. Chris Carson was playing well. So let me ask you, you, know, you where would you, what round would you have drafted Perry, uh, Penny last week and what round will you draft them in now? Well, last week I was probably thinking maybe uh, fourth, fifth round uh, because I think it was a timeshare. But Penny maybe would have had the talent to eventually emerge as you know as the lead back. Uh, not that Carson isn't talented. I just think Penny is more talented and more versatile. But I'd probably, I'd probably move him back right now to about the seventh round or so. And here's the thing about injuries. And I already, I already uh, got a question this morning on Twitter about somebody questioning his dynasty league value. This is the problem with injuries is that people react to them in the short term and they don't think long term. If a guy is injured on draft day or he's going to miss a week or two, people pass the, the, the value really tumbles. Even if a guy is just going to miss the rest of a preseason, people will pass, a pass on him You know, to stay on the subject of another Seattle guy that's hurt. Doug Baldwin is supposed to miss the rest of the preseason but be ready for week one and you're seeing him tumble to like the fourth, sometimes the fifth round. And the flip side of this is sometimes these injuries can create value. So, uh, you know, if you're going to get Penny in like, say, the ninth round of a draft, I'm just speculating here, you could get some value. But now he's got two hurdles in his way. He's got Chris Carson, but the injury, it is short term. It doesn't help him in terms of vaulting past Chris Carson, but let's not act like it's a long-term injury either. Yeah, I guess you want to play uh, the optimistic viewpoint. It's not to his legs. It's not to a knee. It's not to a hamstring, not to a groin. Uh, it's a broken finger. It'll heal. Uh, so you're not worried about that. He'll be able to run, stay in condition while this injury is happening. So he should be able to really be right where he is. The problem is he can't block. You know, see, so they can teach him, but he can't do any actual physical blocking with the injury. Uh, my guess is they drafted him in the first round. All right, they want him to be the lead back there. This delays that. Now, maybe Carson would have been the lead back for the first quarter of the season anyway. You know, so this may not have really changed things all that much. I think you're right. I think you'll get him at a discount now. I actually had him where you, where you said. Seventh round is where I expect him to go now. You give him a ninth round, I think he is a bargain. Because now you're not drafting him to be a starting running back anyway. Probably not even your flex. You're drafting him to cover your bye weeks, to be an injury filler later on this season. So I think that's where the bargain comes in now. Now you've got a starting back who you really may not be counting. If you draft them in round nine, you may not be counting on to week five, week six, week seven anyway. So that's where the bargain comes in. Yeah, and, you know, here's, here's, here's the thing, too, you know, and I constantly say it under Pete Carroll, nothing is, you know, given to you. You have to earn it. Uh, you know, we saw it, you know, with, with Russell Wilson. 
uh, the year that he was a rookie, that they you know they signed Matt Flynn. We thought he was going to be the starter, but Wilson won it in the preseason. Doug Bauble was an undrafted free agent. So uh, even though he's had a good camp, Penny has to earn the playing time from Chris Carson over time. Yeah, this team's not uh, not built to play favorites anymore. They got to play the best players. Uh, the Seahawks are a bit of a mess right now, really. Uh, Baldwin's out now. You lose your uh, Penny, even though Carson might have been the starter there. This office is going to be Russell Wilson again. Uh, and I'll ask you another question. Where's Russell Wilson on your rankings? Are you worried about him all because of anything? Because of no Baldwin? Or, hey, they've been playing together for years now anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, still, I still have Russell Wilson as my second quarterback. I've got him uh, as a quarterback in at least two uh, super flex leagues here. But are you worried about him at all because of what's going on? Uh, well, Baldwin's not supposed to miss anything in the regular season. So... Uh, I don't really see that as a concern. Uh, I was, I you know, I had a, I have Wilson as like my third ranked quarterback, but you know, I'll never have him on my team because I'll wait on a quarterback. But my concern more for him was anything is this team was going to be more run based this year, and you know, we're designing it with Penny and Carson, you know, and I still think that is still ultimately the vision for him not to have to carry the team on his back and put up the kind of numbers that he put up last year. Yeah, I think that's all fine thinking and all, but that defense is nowhere near it's what, uh, what it was. They're going to be trailing in games. They try and run and don't, and don't score. I think it's going to come down to Wilson again. Maybe not to the volume it was last year where it was just – I thought Russell Wilson was the NFL MVP if the Hawks made the playoffs. I thought he was that good and he was that team with everything he did back there. I think it's going to be, like I said, not to that degree, but very similar. Well, when you talk about, you know, the defense, et cetera, I mean, you know, to me, that's I don't know if that's relevant in my scouting report on Wilson that I just issued because last year they had absolutely no running game, which is why he had to carry the offense. You know, the defense towards the end of the season is pretty much the same as it's going to be last year. Uh, you know, Sherman wasn't there. Chancellor wasn't there. Uh, you know, Michael Bennett won't be there, but Frank Clark will be. This is this is kind of the same defense that they play with that down the stretch, unless Earl Thomas does a report. But, you know, I think it's more about the offense. To me, is there was no offensive balance last year, and this year there might be more with the running game. You know, I'm getting a little tired of the Earl Thomas situation. All right, even trade him. Oh, show up, please. One of these two. Let's get this thing over with here. And I'm a Cowboy fan, and it's just getting annoying here about waiting to see how this goes here. Either pay the man or trade him. You know, that's really what it comes down to. It's, uh, to me, it's pretty obvious. You're not offering him a contract extension, so you don't, want him, uh, you don't want him there long term. Not because he can't play, but because whatever the cap things, you don't think he's going to fit into the salary structure, whatever it might be. So let's move on here. Let's work out a deal. Yeah, but... Uh... If Thomas comes back, you know, this is not a Super Bowl contender anymore. This is not a Super Bowl defense anymore. But, you know, if you have Thomas there and you still have Bobby Wagner and then you got Frank Clark helping anchoring things up front uh, and you also got K.J. Wright still there at linebacker and you got two very good linebackers, you know, that's not going to be a pushover defense either. It's not going to be, you know, what it used to be, but it's still good. It's not going to be a great defense. It's not going to be an excellent defense, but I think it'd still be very respectable defense, you know, when you still have those pieces. It could be. That's a lot of ifs. I don't know if uh, Thomas is going back there. He's made a lot of noise now about what he wants, and I don't know if he's going to report. Uh, I think, like I said, I think, uh, I think he wants a new contract, and they're not going to give it to him. So really, who's going to blink first? I mean, when does when is Seattle like, all right, this is getting ridiculous, and when does Thomas say, hey, I'm losing a lot of money here, 
and game checks are uh, pretty huge here. They're certainly bigger than the uh, fines he's getting during the preseason. So uh, I just like to see it get done with. Let's move on here. Uh, and I think Thomas deserves it. He's been that good. He does deserve to get paid. I see his point. Uh, I get the fact that he has a contract as well, but he wants long-term security here. I think it'll uh, – I think after week three, preseason week three, is really when this gets, uh, I guess, the most interesting, where one side or the other is going to have to blink. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they traded him to Dallas because Seattle does not want an issue another contract extension. This would be his third contract, and, you know, they're not very big on issuing third contracts. And, you know, as as – at his age, you know, I think, you know, he's got another good two to three years left, but I don't think they want to take that chance, you know, after what happened with Cam Chancellor. Yeah, I don't blame them. I truly, I don't blame either side. I get Seattle's point of view. You know, getting up there, you know, big-time signing bonus and all this is going to cost. Uh, and I get Daryl Thomas. He wants the long-term security. He doesn't want to play on a one-year deal, take a chance of getting hurt, and now he doesn't get uh, his big contract next year. I get both sides. I truly do. Uh, the Cowboys... You know, the Cowboys are an interesting situation. I think the reason why you're not seeing the Cowboys pony up, they could use them. Anybody could use them. But the reason you don't see Dallas really pony up is they got other players they got to play next, pay next year. Dak Prescott being a big part of that. That's big-time money there. DeMarco, uh, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence, you got to pay him if you want to keep him. So that, that's some issues for the Cowboys as well. As far as you pay uh, Thomas, can you, is it, does it, would it come down to Earl Thomas and Lawrence? I think that's what it comes down to for Dallas. You may not be able to afford both. It'd be interesting uh, to me because I think right now the Cowboys defensively, you know, I think uh, I think the defense is what's keeping them out of the playoffs. They have a pretty decent front seven, but the secondary I think is a question mark. I think Earl Thomas on Dallas, you know, would would make me estimate them very higher as an overall team. Uh, no argument there. I think you're right. Front seven for Dallas is solid, maybe an above solid. The secondary is. Uh... A lot of question marks. You know, I think that's the very biggest issue. And Earl Thomas could really uh, make, make that better. I mean, offensively, we all know. I don't know who Dallas is throwing to. You know, Gallup has looked good. Alan Hearns, ugh. you know, Beasley's already banged up. Terrence Williams is uh, in, in danger of being cut. Uh, so I don't know who Dow- Dak Prescott's throwing to. If I'm a defense, I'm putting eight, nine guys in the box. Dak has to prove to me he can beat me with a passing game before I pull that eighth guy out of the box. I am not letting Ezekiel Elliott run all over me. So we may not see Rashad Penny until the first week or the second week of the regular season. We're going to have to play wait and see here. Uh, you know, of course, that was not the only big injury, you know, we've seen in the last week to a rookie running back. And, uh, you know, getting a lot of questions about Darius guys and people are saying, oh, Chris Thompson, he'll step forward. He'll be the he'll be the handcuff. And uh, George Kurtz writes handcuffs in the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on rotoexperts.com. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. And he was never considering Chris Thompson as a straight-up handcuff. He was not the next guy up on the depth chart. You know, this guy is not big enough to pound between the tackles, get regular work. So, you know, all the reports coming out of Washington is it could either A, be a committee, or it's B, going to be new not fat Rob but fit Rob Kelly trimmed down versus Samaja P. Ryan for that role or maybe the two are gonna split the role. Uh you know Kelly has slimmed down. He's looked better this camp. Uh P Ryan will get a second crack at you know trying to to make an impression when he wasn't so good as a rookie by an offensive line that 
had a lot of injuries as well. Uh, you know, maybe you know, with everybody healthier this year, that uh, things could turn out better for P. Ryan, who who does have some upside, but doesn't run as, maybe as as physically as you would like. How do you think things are working out? If you had to make a prediction here, I I know that it could be P. Ryan, it could be Kelly, and we just don't know who it is. It could be a timeshare between the two of them. Uh, you know, who would you want to draft the most in this Washington backfield? Well, in the backfield, I'll take Thompson. Uh, in PPR leagues, I'll take Thompson. I don't think his, uh, I think his role changes slightly upside. The reason he's not the pure handcuff there is he's not. A, he's nowhere near a three down back. He's a pass catching back. He can run the ball someone for a second down, but he's a pass catching back. We also heard reports this is uh, more like two weeks ago that you know, he was worried that he won't be at hundred percent until November. But we also heard reports they look great, good to great in camp. So I wonder if that's just a player who needed to get hit. You know, coming back from the broken leg, he just needs to get hit and uh, get past that mental hurdle. So I have no problem drifting Thompson where I normally would. If I was normally drifting around eight, you know, let's say around the Gio Bernard uh, territory, uh, the other pass catching backs, maybe I move him up around around seven because I think he will get more work. As far as the first and second down backs, I mean, you you pretty much put it pretty well there. It's a whole not not a whole lot to like there, but we also heard reports once again before the injury to Darius guys. That Piran might get cut. That he was he was on the roster bubble there, so that would tend tend you to think that hey he won't get cut now. Now they need him, but that Rob Kelly has the uh, the upper hand here, so he's the guy I'll draft over Piran. Uh, once again, you're talking. I don't want uh, him drafting. I'm not drafting as a starting back. I'm not because if I'm start, if I'm have to rely on Rob Kelly, even if they I was told he was going to start, I'm not loving that situation there. I don't think that's all that good there. It's all around nine, round ten again. I want him as a reserve back, guy who can cover my injuries, uh, bye week filler there for me. Because uh, I think uh, even if Kelly is the starter, P. Ryan's going to play. Maybe it's a 60-40 split, 65-35, somewhere in that range. Who would you rather draft between P. Ryan and, uh, and Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, I think Kelly gets the, uh, the higher end of that range. He's a 65 of that 35 range. Like I said, P. Ryan, they uh, was noise he was going to get cut before the Darius Geis injury. He won't get cut now. I'm a little surprised. I guess I shouldn't say surprised. I thought Alfred Morris would have a chance to go there, but he's a former Redskin. Maybe that bridge is burned. Uh, I think they have to bring in somebody. But the only really names out there, uh, I don't think uh, anybody's going to challenge. You're talking Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles. Uh, DeMarco Murray, is he serious about retiring? That or About retirement, I should say, that he's not going to come back? I, I'm sure the Redskins made a phone call to see, and he must have said, no, hey, I'm not coming back. But uh, I don't think there's anybody out there really on the street to really threaten this jo- these guys. At this point, you wonder what happens when the first cuts come down in a couple of weeks. Yeah, there's nothing on the street right now, and Jay Gruden has already come out and said that, you know, he's not going to sign anybody else. They're going to go with who they have in-house. You know, they didn't even go out and challenge for Alfred Morris. According to ESPN, Royce Freeman, uh, Jeff Legwald says he's going to be the primary back before too long. Uh, you know, impressive season opener with uh, with 38 rushing yards and a, a touchdown on a, on a draw play. Uh, looked like a counter draw there and uh, was able to take off to the corner and rush to the end zone. Uh, Freeman's stock was, you know, maybe not as high as it should have been early on in the preseason because, you know, the Devontae Booker back factor, people talking, even mentioning D'Angelo Henderson. But right now it looks like Von Royce Freeman is vaulting to the top of the non-Saquon Barkley rookie running back rankings. 
Yeah, and I don't think this should surprise anybody that, uh, you know, someone like Freeman is going to get the job eventually. You know, maybe they're going to play a little deference to the other veteran, and he gets started until Freeman purely passes him, and I think that's coming here. My only worry is this. Now, I like Freeman. I like the talent a lot. But if I'm a – you know, he's not – He's on a team that has good, very good wide receivers. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, even Cortland Sutton, as far as the rookies are going. We're hearing his name a lot there. But is Case Keenum enough to keep defenses honest? Uh, you know what I mean? Is where they'll keep the, the safeties high because they're worried about Keenum going over the top to Demarius Thomas or Sanders or Sutton or whoever it might be. So that's my only worry there. Freeman, I do like. Uh, obviously, Barkley's going to go going in the first round of most, if not all, drafts, regardless of the hamstring injury yesterday. Uh... I don't know if I'm going to truly trust Freeman. Not, certainly not as a running back one. I have him as a mid-range running back two. I think uh, the value is there for him to be better as the season rolls along. He's a guy I might worry the first month of the season slow. You know, you may get a couple of 50-yard games. You know, uh, not not too not too many if any scores there. And he gets better as the season rolls along. Yeah, and you know, with Keenum, I was talking about it with Dane. Uh, Dane Martinez is uh, is is off on vacation. Uh, he's uh, educating youngsters in uh, some schools. I'm thinking about how to rap and rhyme and things like that. Uh, so when when he was here, though, I was saying, look, I was watching the NFL's uh, top 100 from last year, uh, and you know, just handpicking on demand some players, and I'm I'm scrolling through it like Case Keenum, number 25. That doesn't fit. This is a guy that just two years ago was like a backup journeyman quarterback. He really played over his head last year and kind of got exposed late in the playoffs, too. I, I just don't believe that Case Keenum will also look bad in the first preseason game. I, I think we're going to remember that one year is something like, you know, just something he can't match again. Just like like a flash across the sky. I have trouble grasping in my mind, maybe call it more than a hunch than anything, that Case Keenum is going to continue to be a very effective starting quarterback. And he was a better NFL quarterback than fantasy quarterback last year. If you, you had desperation, you lost Aaron Rodgers, you had to plug him in. He had, a, he had some games where he was solid and a few where he was outstanding. But uh, you know, I, I'm not a believer in this Broncos offense behind Case Keenum. I agree with you. I completely agree. I think everything you said is correct. I mean, we're sort of saying that's all Jeff Fisher's fault. You know, I know that's a joke because he, he held back Goff. He held back Keenum. And once those guys got away from him, they became really good quarterbacks. But uh, I agree. I mean, we've seen one pretty good wasn't year. It, wasn't he in Houston, too? He was. I mean, it's, it's not all yeah. Fisher. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. People, but that's what everybody remembers. Everybody only remembers that he played for Fisher. You know, it's, uh, I said, bottom line is I agree. You know, I think I'm more. I mean, I think NFL teams agree. He didn't get the big free agent contract. The teams were dying to get him. Minnesota, hey, listen, Minnesota had him. He brought him to a championship game. Yet they didn't make much of an effort to keep him. Instead, they paid uh, you know Kirk Cousins the, the crazy amount of guaranteed money. You know, I mean, that that says a lot, right? I mean, that says an awful lot to me about how they feel about him or how they feel what his upside is here. Fantasy wise, I mean, I have him in the the Scott Fishbowl, but I took him as my third quarterback. And once again, I'll take anybody as a quarterback three to cover my uh, cover my bite. That's a super flex league for those that are wondering. That's why I have three quarterbacks, uh, and I, I'm I'm fine with that. But a quarterback two, listen, you're in a two quarterback league. You play uh, twelve teams, top twenty four. That's fine. But I don't have him uh, anywhere anywhere near my top fifteen, top eighteen. He's in that top twenty to top twenty four. There is some upside there, but I think Denver is going to want to play with the running game 
and the defense and use Keenum more as a, you know, the, the, the game manager type. Where We don't want him to lose the game. We understand maybe he could do a little bit more than that. Just don't lose the game, though. We'll run the ball with Freeman, run the ball with Booker, and our defense will play well enough that we, we can win 20 to 17 games. Yeah, I just... But there's nobody behind Keenum. They say, you know, the reports now that they're looking maybe, uh, you know, to hit the street for something for for a backup quarterback because Paxton Lynch has been so bad. You know, maybe this is a team, but that gets you know trades for a Teddy Bridgewater because I think I think Teddy Bridgewater is is still probably better than Case Keenum. I don't know if I'll say he's better than Keenum. I think he certainly has the upside to be. And it's funny, when you were right. talking about the backup, because Paxton Lynch is apparently, uh, he's terrible. He's been dropped the third string behind Chad Kelly, I believe. Uh, first thing that came to my mind when you started talking about this was Teddy Bridgewater. This is what the Jets want. You know, I, I think the Jets realize that Sam Darnold is our, our starter. McCown is a fine mentor slash backup, even if he starts the season as a starter. Once again, to mentor uh, Sam. And they don't owe Bridgewater any guaranteed money, I believe, until week one. So they really would like to move him. It's not that it's a huge amount of guaranteed money where they can't afford it if they can, but they still would like to move him, get a draft pick, and you save the cash. So I think this makes all the sense in the world. I think the Jets are still going to wait for a quarterback injury. You know, someone were to go down, either starter or a backup, where, once again, their leverage gets higher. But it's the first thing I thought of as well. If you, you want a backup quarterback, Jets seem to have three. They have a, they have a team you're going to call. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold opens up the season as a starter. Just from the intangibles perspective, he's the quarterback I like in this rookie class the most. Uh, I love his decision-making. And uh, speaking of New York, if you are in New York and uh, you want to get together with the Roto Experts, myself, George Kurtz, Corey Parson, and Joe Galina, uh, Friday, August 24th, the evening of Friday, August 24th, uh, the four of us will be at Empire City Casino along with former NFL quarterback Chris Sims for the New York Daily News Fantasy Football Draft Party. Come enjoy a Roto Experts Q&A. And uh, all you can draft with your teams that night. And uh, we'll be watching preseason football with you. If you want to join us, it's nydailynews.com slash fantasy draft party. That's nydailynews.com slash fantasy draft party. Joins me, George, and the Roto Experts for a nice uh, fantasy football fun in person in Empire City Casino next Friday, August 24th. All right. More rookie running back talk next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. George, you know this one is not a 90s one for you. Yes, I know this too. What is it? I'm trying to go. I know the tune. I'm trying to guess, uh, not guess the band, figure out the band. I would. I'd guess Pearl Jam, but I could be wrong. No, there's only one other big band from the, the 90s rock band you can probably think of. Nirvana. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Another Come as you are. All right. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover or requirement no more dealing with late lineup scratches no experts to compete against just you and the prop that you choose go to mybookie.ag enter the promo code fntsy upon sign up and choose your matchups using the prop builder tool that's mybookie.ag ag promo code fntsy scott engel and george kurtz here on the roto experts in the morning and uh talking about some rookie running backs uh ronald jones is a guy i like a lot you know, just in terms of the way he runs, makes people miss, and probably has the most pure speed of any running back in this class. But he's had problems with pass protection, et cetera, in the preseason. Did rush for a touchdown in the preseason opener, but right now uh, Dirk Cutter is saying that his starter right now is Peyton Barber. I think you know, starter means, you know, not that he's going to get all the carries, that He'll be on the field for the first play of the game. you got to be careful when you use the word starter. But I think ultimately there's a timeshare. I think Ronald Jones is too talented to let Peyton Barber to get all of the carries. You know, Barber's a guy who's proven that in a stopgap, you know, sort of role that he could actually give you some decent fantasy production. But, you know, this is just a matter of time, I think, till about midseason where Jones is more comfortable, where he's the number one. That's the key. Your last line there is what I what I was going to key on there. Uh, yes, okay. We have Barber's going to start. You know, we got Vasquez as well. Sims is there. It's a matter of time. All right. Once again, they didn't draft Jones to sit behind these guys. He's going to be their their starter eventually. Maybe as soon as when Winston comes back in week four from his suspension. Maybe that's when the office will all get together there. Whatever it might be. I think it's it's funny. Even though I know I know very well what they said, what Curtis said. And I'm surprised he still has a job. By the way. I think it's uh, if I'm drafting, I'm still drafting Jones ahead of Barber right now because I'm going to play the long game here. And I don't want any of these guys in the first seven, eight rounds. So once again, you're looking at round nine when I'll start thinking about these guys. If someone else took, uh, you know, Ronald Jones in round seven, hey, good luck to you. You know, that's not going to bother me. But they're still there in round nine after my starters are gone. That's when I'll start to key on uh, these guys. I'd rather have Jones uh, more than Barber, even though because of what he said. I just think in the end it's going to be, yeah, Barber may start the first two, three, four games. But at the end of the season, we're going to see that Jones started 10 and Barber started 6, something like this. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when you look at these running rookie running backs, you know, there's another sleeper that I like a lot. I like Naheem Hines a lot from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, this kid could be the next Darren Sproles. Aaron, Andrew Luck has never had a toy like this, you know, where when the defense is raining down on him, he could just flip it out to him. Or, you know, even if the, the, the pass protection was good, it's supposed to be better as they drafted two rookie linemen very high this year. But Andrew Luck has never had an option like this. And with the lack of depth at wide receiver, I think you have to like like Naheem Hines a lot. Uh, He's got to a slow start, so I don't know about a lot. And there are a lot of uh, of cooks in the kitchen there. Now, Mac has got the hamstring issue. Maybe it's Wilkins who ends up breaking out. You know, so uh, I don't know what they're going to do here. uh, And I don't like it when there's three guys. I can live with two. 
You know, but when you get the three guys who we're battling for, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of choices each and every Sunday. Maybe it's the hot guy here. Uh, I think Hines is a sleeper, so I don't have any issues with that. Drafting him late, once again, double-digit rounds. Don't have any, never have any issues with pretty much any player in those rounds. But uh, I don't know if we can actually say he's going to be the guy there. I'm surprised. You know, I, I listen. I like what uh, Indianapolis has done with the with the linemen. You finally get some protection for for Luck. Don't you have to give him some more pass catchers? I mean, it's it really is. T. Y. Hilton a bust here, and Jack Doyle on a uh, tight end. That's it. Ryan Grant, yay! Uh, so that should open up some room for a pass catching running back there, which I think if Matt can stay healthy, he would be that guy. But Hines could certainly be that guy as well. I'm not as high on Hines as you. Uh, for the uh, Once again, it's just too many guys, too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't want to play the guessing game each week. I'm okay with two guys uh, trying to figure out their roles. When you add in a third, especially two guys that sort of do the same thing, then I get a little concerned. Yeah, but when, when you talk about Hines, though, I don't consider the other running backs here, though, because he has a unique role. I'm not looking at him for carries. You know, that's that's not what I'm looking at him for. You know, he's going to play that Darren Sproles role and, you know, in terms of the talent, but maybe more like Theo Riddick. If you remember a few years ago when Theo Riddick, uh, you know, had that really good year, it's because, you know, the Lions didn't have any other press, impressive running backs, and they were using the, the receiving game with Theo Riddick as an extension of the run, and that's where I think Hines fits. I don't think it matters whether, you know, what happens with Mack or Wilkins, whatever, because we're not looking at Naheem Hines for carry. We're looking at him for being a PPR specialist with a lot of sleeper upside. Yeah, I don't have any issue for where he's getting, being drafted. Said that. Double-digit round's fine. I'm, but I'm not as high where I'm targeting him. Like, well, it's something I'm going to look at there. Mac does similar things. I mean, Mac is also an explosive guy, catches the ball, getting the guy in open space. It's what, he does, what he's going to need to be. I'm not so sure they have a traditional running back on their roster. Frank Gore's gone. There's no, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be like Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer, but there's nobody of his type of running back. Yeah, they sort of have a bunch of uh, utility guys back there, and that's going to be an issue for them. I do think if, if you were to tell me right now that Hines is going to be the guy, he'd have much more value because I'm looking for that to happen, of a defined role here. Well, who's going to do what here? Uh, not that I ever root for an injury, but if, you know, if Mack or Wilkins were to go down, I'd be much more on Hines because now we're down to two guys. And now you know what their you know, their roles will be once again more defined what, what they're going to do here. For lying on a guy to be a Darren Sproles type is difficult over and over again. But once again, for the way you're drafting him, you're looking at him as a bi week filler, injury guy. I don't have an issue with it. All right, eight four four eight four F N T S Y, the number to call that's eight four four eight four F N T S Y eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Let's go to Kenny in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, who calls us regularly, and uh, maybe if you want to call us, 844-843-6879. Kenny, good morning. How are you? Do we have Kenny? All right, I guess we don't have Kenny anymore. Oh, sounds like we do have Kenny. Hey, Kenny, how there. you guys doing? What's, What's going on, Kenny? What a Kenny? pleasure to be on with Scotty and Mr. Blue Line. What's up, Georgie? <laughs> how you doing, Ken? What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm a frequent call on on Saturdays when you and Mike used to be on, but uh, it's a pleasure to be talking with you guys. So you guys, Mike and I are still on Saturdays. We're just we're just on huh? different times. Uh, oh, y'all are. Oh, okay. What time are you on? I'm in the afternoon. I'm uh, oh. three to six. Mike is Mike is nine to twelve. Okay, cool. Uh, you guys think the Case Keenum um, is in a better uh, a situation offensively than he was in Minnesota right now? 
with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and and and, uh, and the other gentleman, Thomas. No, I don't think so because you know Thomas is still good, but I think you know he's not what he was a few years ago. Uh, you know, I I take if I knew Stefan Diggs was healthy, I'd definitely be taking him over Thomas any day of the week, and probably I'd go Thielen over Sanders. There's more upside. Uh, you also have a better tight end in uh, in. In uh in Minnesota than you do, and you have you probably have a little bit of a better running game, although it could end up being comparable. Uh, right. You know, I just don't I just don't think Case Keenum is that good of a quarterback, like okay. I was saying before. You know, George, that's uh, Minnesota versus Denver, talent wise. I really don't have much to add of what you did. I would have said the exact same thing. It's it's similar, although I would give uh, I'd, I'd like Dalvin Cook a lot more than uh, Freeman right now. I need to see something from Freeman before I put him in Dalvin right. Cook's class. So, but right. it's similar. It is Darius Thomas, Sanders, Thielen, Diggs. They're all good players, but the tight end is probably the biggest separation there. All right. Well, I scheduled my first draft, so it's time to put the pencil and the uh, pencil to the paper and get these notes on starters and everybody's behind them and all that. So I'm excited for that, but I do have an issue here. I'm a commissioner of the league and I'm, I'm just done with dealing with these dealing with uh, 11 other personalities here. So I'm actually looking to uh, take up a co-commissioner. So how do I go about that process? Should I uh, delegate someone or, or should it be a vote? I haven't told the league yet either. So what do you guys think I should do about that? I appreciate the show guys. Thanks for the time. So what do you think there, George? Wow, Doug. I mean, my first thought is almost everything should always go to a vote, right? Because this way no one can argue about anything. But if I'm going to go with a co-commission, Scott, I'm probably going to want to pick my person, someone I can rely on, someone who I trust, not going to do anything stupid. So I might put it up for a vote, but I'm going to certainly do a lot of back talking where I want. I'm going to make sure the guy I want gets picked. Right. Yeah, I, I've I've had like a deputy commissioner sometimes. Uh, you know, especially when it involved a trade uh, regarding me. You know, people would always question trades regarding the commissioner for no good reason. So I would have, like, the deputy commissioner do that. All right, all right, right fellas. Yeah, Appreciate that, fellas. Don't do it yourself. You'll, you'll put, you'll put yourself if, you just, if you just nominate somebody and don't ask anybody in the league, man, you're going to get a lot of, you know, crap coming it's, your way. and it, That's not fun. It's that and trying to schedule the live draft. If, if everyone can't be at the live draft, the live draft is no fun because someone that have to we have to uh, 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 FaceTime in and it's just it's just a lot. I just want to I just want to play. I'm, I'm at this point, so I am going to be I am going to be doing that. So I'm gonna take definitely take into consideration what you guys just said. I appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, the commissioner is a thankless job, isn't it, uh, George? We should have an appreciate the commissioner's day. What do you think? You know, Scott, I make uh, – it sounds like a joke every year, but it's, it's, it's really kind of true. The hardest thing I'll do all year, and I'm married with two kids, is set up a draft date and make everybody happy. I mean, oh, you had – oh, no, I can't make the draft this night. i got to rearrange my sock drawer. Uh, you know, I get more excuse about why you can't make a live draft, as Kenny just said. I love the live draft, Scott. Love it. You get together with your buddies, your friends. You talk a lot of crap and have a draft. It's, it's the most fun I'll have all year, but the excuses these guys come up with will drive you insane. Yeah, here's the thing. When you're commissioner and you lay out like a draft date, it's, uh, you know, somebody's always going to come back with, oh, I got to do this or whatever, you know, and I handle it two ways. First off, I consider the importance or the tenure of the person in my league if it's not a new league. 
you know, how badly do I want, you know, how, how uh, long has that person been in the league and how important is it to the fab, are they to the fabric of the league? Otherwise, I just lay it out like, look, you know, you have to be there. I, the date is firm unless like half the league can't make it on that day. And if you're not there, you're going to have to pre-rank your players because you're allowed to do that, you know, or, or send a proxy or something or something like that. You know, that that's for an online draft. For an, in, for an in-person draft, I think you really have to bend more to make it right. But with an online draft, you look, you can say, you know, this is it or whatever. Or if it's a new league and it's an in-person draft, I think you have to consider, you know, how important is it that this person has to be in the league that I have to consider it? Look. You know, it's playing favorites over some others. You know, if I got, say, you know, I'm considering two people to be in the league, right? Like I, I lay it out. Let's say I laid it out to the entire staff that I want to have a 12-person draft and it's in person. And George Kurtz and Craig Carton say they can't make it, right? To me, it's much more important to have George Kurtz in the league than Craig Carton. You know, I've known George, you know, uh, better you know, I consider him more of a friend, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, also, uh, you know, I think he's more important to the league. He's a more established fantasy player. You know, Craig Carton just plays it for recreation, et cetera. Uh, you know, so for George, maybe I'll make an exception. But, you know, if Craig starts whining about the date or whatever and everybody can else make it, I'll say, well, look, you're out. Look, it doesn't sound right fundamentally, but I think it's the way you got to do it because you can't please everybody. I think certain people are more important to my league when I'm running it than others. Some people are replaceable. Some are not, and that's just the way it is. Uh, you're right. I mean, I feel, I feel the same way. You know, certain play. I mean, my league is going on year 30. So, yes, and there have been several plays. About half the league has been in all 30 years. Those guys are obviously going to get deferential treatment. You know, I do like, like most of us do. Send out an email. Please send me your dates. You absolutely can't make it. And then I go through the dates there. And you try and uh, find a, a common date for everybody. And I know everyone compl- – and you're right. Everyone's going to complain no matter what you do. Everybody wants the date to be September 5th, the day before the Thursday night game. Oh, it's generally not going to work out for whatever reason here. And this year, the date ends up being August 20th. And, of course, people will complain about that. Oh, it's too early. Well, you know what? That's the first date that came uh, that's free. I don't really mind what the date is. I've already done several drafts. It doesn't bother me. I'm in, I'm in fantasy mode here. If you want a better date, be more reasonable. I, I said don't cancel things for silly little things that forced me to go three weeks early. So uh, it, it's, it's a thankless job, as you said it. And it's why in other leagues where people are commissioned, whether it's Scott Angle or whoever it might be, I try and be very open. The only dates I'll cancel are probably dates that I have are the fantasy drafts. Let's, uh, let's uh, we also take your, uh, take your tweets on at FNTSY, uh, F, I'm at FNTSY Radio, uh, at Scotty Roto X, at George Kurtz, and uh, Steve G., uh, says live draft days work when you make a date and then stick to it every year. Uh, we do it the Tuesday after Labor Day. If you can't make it, then you can't make it. But we have been doing it that way for years. We get together with laptops and people who can't make it are an auto pick, which I agree with that. And Steve also says, quick question about your rookie running back conversations. We sometimes forget about the second year running back. So I was wondering what you thought about Deontay Foreman on the Texans. Now, uh, last year, Lamont Miller had another disappointing season. But also, I think you blame that on some of the offensive line, too. Uh, you know, the Texans looking to improve that this season. Uh, 
But Deontay Foreman is just, I think, a more talented running back than uh, Lamar Miller when it comes to being an NFL player. He's a nice combination of power and speed, but he's recovering from an Achilles injury. So, you know, this creates some value because you can draft him in the double-figure rounds. And then, you know, if he's back at some point during the regular season and, you know, can seize that starting job, you know, you might have a sleeper on your hands. But then again, uh, you know, it could be a timeshare at some point between him and Foreman. For me, it's real simple. I want nothing to do with Lamar Miller. Uh, if, I, if he ends up on my team, Scott, it's because the value is there in round six. And he's just, and I'm talking 10 or 12 team leagues. I just don't want anything to do with Miller. I don't, I don't believe in him. Never really have. You know, I, I, I think you're right about the analysis. I think he could have a better year because, once again, Houston will be healthy, Watson there all year and all that. Foreman, however, I understand he's coming back from the Achilles. But once again, I'm playing the long game here. I'll take Foreman in the double-digit rounds in every league, and I've done that in quite a few leagues already. In fact, I've done that probably too much right now, and I probably need to stop. But uh, I'll take the chance on him that he does get healthy and at least gets a timeshare in the second half of the season. Once again, I'm not drafting him for September. You know, he can, he can even be on PUP. It won't bother me. You know, I can miss him the first six weeks of the season. I'm looking forward to the second half when injury is going to hit my other running backs where I think he's going to get at least a timeshare, maybe even take over the role. Hell, maybe Miller, maybe Miller gets hurt and the problem is solved here. But I'm playing the long game with, uh, here. I'd much rather have Foreman from round nine on than Miller several rounds earlier. I, just, I don't trust Miller at all. Yeah, I like this Houston team a lot. I've been telling Dane that, you know, it has you – know, they have the upside on both sides of the ball – to really, if everybody stays healthy, you know, to be the one team that can really challenge the Patriots. Because we've seen them make the playoffs with just, you know, a really good defense over the years and not much else. You know, now they finally have their franchise quarterback and Deshaun Watson. The key is, can these guys stay healthy? If they do, they have as much talent as anybody. And J.J. Watt has to stay healthy. And so does Clowney. And if they both can stay healthy, this is a team that I think can make a deep playoff run and really put a scare into the Patriots. I like this entire division. I mean, once again, I think Tennessee's a good team. Jacksonville's a good team. Uh, Indianapolis, listen, Luck's back, so at least they're more interesting. They're not, they're not a playoff team, nor do I see them really a threat here. But I like this, in, this division's going to be, they're going to wipe each other out, which means they're probably not going to get a home playoff game against New England if it gets that far, and that could be an issue. But uh, I, I agree. Whichever team stays the most healthy here, Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, could end up being the biggest threat here. I like what each team has done. I like how they're building their team. I mean, you got Deshaun Watson. you got Marcus Mariota. All right, I mean, I trust Blake Bortles, but he's better than what he has been. And with that defense, that running game, maybe it doesn't matter. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun here. Houston, please, Deshaun Watson, stay healthy. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Watson, knee injury last year, knee injury in college. So, you know, that's something to consider. And... That's something to consider when we'll talk about quarterback rankings next. Coming up here on the Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A lot more fantasy sports talk coming next with Scott Engel and George Kurtz. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone, it's the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes! 
You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scott Engel and George Kurtz. DailyRoto.com is putting more than twenty-five grand on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bring you along for the free roll. Have the chance to win big this year along Sports Grid, alongside Sports Grid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of the only men to have won two separate one million dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split fifty percent of the profits. No. No profits that week. No worries. Your name will get tossed back into the hat the following week. Head to dailyroto.com slash sweat and learn how to get in on the action and get your share of $25,000 in action. That's dailyroto.com slash sweat. Scott Engel and George Kurtz getting you ready for your drafts. Our phone number to call is 844-843-6879. That's 844-84-FNTSY for those of you who want to spell it out. Get your exclusive Edge Fantasy football package on rotoexperts.com right now. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. Well, you can check out George's new IDP ranks as well. And, uh, George, we were talking about those yesterday. Uh, you, know, you enjoy playing IDP, but there's no one set scoring system really, you know, across the board because it's never caught on, you know, with the mainstream. No, uh, I know. Well, I asked Gary Davenport, who's a frequent guest on my shows. Uh, Gary Davenport oh, yeah. uh, from Fantasy Charge is a big IDP guy. And for my money, yes. the number one guy in the business. He's the guy I would go to to ask a question. And I asked him uh, last time, uh, you know, what, what percentage of leagues – play IDP. And he was like, ah, 10, maybe 15 at most. And that lets you know it hasn't caught on. I don't understand why, Scott. I mean, we use pitchers in baseball. You know, hockey, we use goaltenders. Basketball, you have categories for defense, but we ignore, you know, defensive players. And, uh, you know, I was uh, having a debate with Chris Mitchell, of, uh, also of Roto Experts, on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, a friendly debate, but a debate nonetheless. And I'm like, you know, eat of your league just starts off small. You know, with, with IDPs. Everybody's have one linebacker, one defensive lineman, one secondary player. It's three players. All right? So you're not really you're adding two extra rounds to your draft if you get rid of the, the, the defense special teams. Everyone will have an all-star. All right? Because that, there's only taking three plays. Everyone's going to have an all-star. But you'll, you'll get your feet wet. You'll understand. And the year after, you can expand. But Chris is like, well, that just dilutes it then because everybody has an all-star. You need to start right away with having four linebackers, three linemen, and, uh, you know, three secondary players. Yeah, but that's going to scare so many people off because you, you know, you're adding eight extra rounds to your draft. You're adding ten more players. You don't want to do that. I think IDP is – I mean, I, really, I truly believe IDP is the way to go. Uh, we're all complaining about the uh, defense anyway. I don't like any league where we tell somebody automatically, whenever ask somebody asks me on Twitter or ask me whatever they ask me, when do I draft this position? If I can automatically – without even thinking, round 15. Take your defense in round 15. Take a kicker in round 16. Take your quarterback in round 9. I think there's something wrong then when it's that easy to answer that question. I think it needs to be fixed. It's why I prefer IDP. It's why I'd like to get rid of kickers and add a flex. It's why I, my favorite leagues are super flex and two quarterback leagues because I want a second quarterback. I want more strategy in my leagues. 
Yeah, what round do you generally suggest uh, that you start looking at IDPs? And aren't linebackers, uh, you know, really kind of like quarterback? The the position is deep. If I play in a league where I'm only using defensive linemen, not that many really make tackles against the run, so I want to bump them up the board. There are ways to do that. Uh, when it comes to the IDP players, you want to ma- you want to make your linebackers equivalent to running backs. Uh, there now, there's going to be more of them. That's why no matter what you do, you know, you know. I mean, if you have Luke, I have Luke Keekley, Keekley number one. Uh, no matter how many points you give for a tackle, generally you're going to give two. This way, he's equivalent to a running back. You're still not going to take Keekley in round one, right? Because there are, there are just more running backs, than, more linebackers available than top running backs. So generally, you're going to see round three, round four is when your your top IDP will go, and then you'll spread it out from there. Uh, now. I think what's important is, now you mentioned it, you know, your, your interior defensive linemen, your defensive tackles, unless you do something, they're not going to be all that valuable. They're not going to get many sacks. They're not going to get many tackles. I mean, some teams just use them to eat up blockers. Their job's not even to tackle anybody. So you want to make them, maybe for those players, you want to make a tackle worth four points, a sack worth eight points. You know, you just way you get their point system up there to make them more valuable. That's what you do. A tackle for a loss, you add on more points for that. You know, and that's how I would approach that. You know, with the with your defensive end, you want to make sacks worth more points, maybe six points for a sack. This way, you get their points equivalent to what a linebacker would be. Probably not the exact same. No matter what you do, you're not gonna be, a linebacker is always going to be more important, and you're always going to want to load up on them. You're always going to want to load up on linebackers like you do running backs and wide receivers. Always. Because those are the guys that are going to accumulate the points. They're going to get 150, 160 tackles, some of these guys. So you always, always line up, uh, load up on your linebackers. And safeties, actually, those are the second, maybe the second most important position because they tend to load up on tackles as well. Not as many as linebackers, but quite a few safeties will get over 100 tackles. You look at right now at uh, George Kurtz's IDP ranks on rotoexperts.com. It's the lead story, part of your exclusive edge fantasy football package on rotoexperts.com. Enter uh, the king at checkout for a special discount. And your linebackers, you have Luke Keekley at number one, like you were saying, and you have Sean Lee of the Dallas Cowboys, who's relentless when he's on the field, at number four. But uh, are these guys really worth number one and number four ranks when neither one of them can stay healthy, especially Lee? Yeah, Lee is a, Lee's a problem. He's a great linebacker when healthy. And some would argue when he's not healthy, that's when Dallas uh, tends to go downhill. Uh, but a lot of linebackers, I mean, you want to lower them in your, uh, in your rankings because of injury? That's fine. We, we do that to several players. I do, we all do that. Running backs, wide receivers, guys who get hurt. And Lee is a chronic hurt. I'm not going to put Keekley in the chronic yet. You know, Lee certainly is. He's hurt every year. You're playing the over the game with Lee. Uh, 12 games. 11 games, 10 games, you know, when's he going to get hurt? Cause generally, that's what it is. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I, I have no problem people lowering their rankings because of that. But when he plays, he's a machine. And he's going to get you twenty point, almost 20-plus 20 points a game pretty easily for Sean Lee. And although he's not the middle linebacker anymore, they've moved him off that to try and keep him healthy. I still think he's one of the more valuable linebackers in the league. I wouldn't take him uh, number one, probably not take him in round three, but I'm, uh, I'm a gambler when it comes to the linebackers, mainly because, I'll say this again, although you want to make the position even to running backs, there are more linebackers out there. So even if the league gets hurt, you know, you're not going down to a third-string running back for a nobody team and you're, you're screwed here. You'll still be able to get a competitive linebacker. Not an all-star, not an all-pro, not someone that's going to get you those 20 points, but someone's going to get you 12, 13, 14. So you, it's not as big a drop-off 
at linebacker as it is, at, let's say, if a running back gets hurt or your top wide receiver gets hurt? How come I'm not seeing any Houston Texans in these top 20 when they may have the best linebacker crew in the AFC? There was a time, Scott, where J.J. Watt would have been a first-round pick because he was, he was that big a monster. You know, for what he was. They have a lot I'm of guys talking about line linebacker here, though. They have, they have a lot of guys coming off injury. Uh, so that's also why a lot of uh, major guys coming off injury. I mean, I only listed my top 20 there. All right. So yeah, I wasn't like I was listening top 50 here. Uh, I want to see Houston prove themselves first before I stop uh, moving these guys in. I think overall they may have one of the best overall defenses in the league. But as far as IDP uh, concerns, they would have guys who would really just. Just missed the cut here. And also, I mean, I know, once again, if Watt is the monster there, and he's not the, a linebacker, but he's the monster there. And if he's healthy, that defense goes through him. Uh, okay, and Earl Thomas you don't have in your safety ranks. If he signs, where is he going to slot in there? Well, it depends who he signs with. Well, he's already signed. Who he, who, who's he playing with? Is he playing from week one on? I'm of the belief here that I, I believe uh, Earl Thomas. I think he might hold. He might stay home until something happens here. So that's why he's not ranked. Because I, if Seattle won't move him and they, uh, you know, they're going to play the hard game here, I'm not so sure he reports. So I can't put him in my top 20 unless. He'd be, uh, he'd be just outside top five. If I knew right now, if he was in camp right now and playing, you, you know, we all know he's playing for the Seahawks or anybody. I don't care who it really is. But if I knew he was playing, he'd be right outside top five. You know, he is that good. Uh, so it's a shame he's not playing. But like I said, I'll say it again. The only reason he's not ranked is purely because I believe this man, when he says, I'm, you know, uh, if I ain't starting, I ain't the part, in the old uh, what Derek Bow reference, if he's not going to be paid, I don't think he's playing. It's listening to the Roto Experts in the morning, Scott Engel and George Kurtz. You say to me, uh, you, you often say to you get befuddled by why people don't play IDP. Well, that's because fantasy football, I believe, is – is so mainstream because it's a simple game. And, you know, people will say to me that I play football and not baseball because baseball's too many players, it's too much management, it's too much to follow, it's too many games. Now, look, you only have one game a week in football, but still, I believe, you know, after talking to people over the years, that, you know, fantasy football is so popular because to the mainstream, it's so simple. If you add IDP in there, it stops becoming simple. And people, by general rule, just don't follow defensive players unless they're superstars. And the scoring is different. You know, when you when you look at a corner who shuts somebody down or a defensive tackle that occupies a lot of blockers, those are not the marquee guys very often. Uh, you, you'll look at a really good defensive tackle. It'll be a space eater or something like that. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of tackles. So you have to know who's getting tackles, who's getting passes defense. And it's often not the marquee guys. I think, uh, I, I think it's just too much for people to study and remember, and it doesn't make the game as simple or as fun for them. You are absolutely correct. Can't argue with any of that. I mean, it's hard for people to get their minds around that. Most people know who Jalen Ramsey is. Right, best maybe the best cornerback in football. Darrell Rivas certainly was at one time. Well, guess what? Neither one you want anywhere near your fantasy team, because opposing quarterbacks know these guys. They're not throwing the ball there, and they're not throwing the ball there. Well, guess what? You're not getting any tackles. You're not getting any interceptions. So it can be hard to wrap your mind around that. You mentioned a top defensive tackle. Think of the Dominican Sue. You know, yes, he'd get some sacks, but 
yeah, he, he was getting double teamed. And some of these defensive tackles are just monsters where their job is to eat up two blockers and not make any tackles. That's not their job. You know, I know it sounds silly, but that's not their job. Their job is to, like I said, eat up space, eat up tackle, eat up uh, offensive linemen so the linebacker can make the tackle. You know, and that's just the way it works here. And it can be hard to get around that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, why is football big? Because it's one day a week. You start, what, nine to, uh, nine to 11 players, and you move on from there. And it's not, it's not as much thinking. But defensive players, yes, there would be more thinking involved. And the big IDP league I play in, we actually start more defensive players than we do offensive ones. I believe it's 11 to 9. You know, so uh, I, I understand that could boggle people's minds because now, obviously, you're having 20 starters, which means with, with your reserves, you've got a 25, 28-round draft, the same as baseball. That takes uh, longer. I get it. I, I truly do. Which is why, even though uh, I fully admit, if you only do three to, you know, three IDPs, everyone has an all-star. It doesn't really change all that much because you're going to wait later to take these guys because there's plenty of them around. But it only would only add two extra rounds to your draft. At least you'd get a taste. At least from there, your league can make an educated decision about whether you want to expand it and move on here. Everyone's complaining about kickers and their DSTs, right? I mean, you know, we all want to get rid of kickers because no one, it's, they're hard to rank. It's impossible. It's a guessing game. You know, DSTs are taking around 15 anyway. What fun is that? You know, well, this is, this is a way to do it. It's an option at the very least. I don't think, Scott, it'll ever be even 50-50 where 50% of the leagues are IDPs. But maybe we can get it up to, to a quarter, 30%. And you're... Uh, you know, you're more, I guess, what, more inter- uh, more competitive leagues. People are really into it. You know, your home leagues, yeah, it's probably never going to happen. And my home leagues, Scott, imagine, 30 years. You know, this is, these are guys I've been playing with forever. My, my brother, great, best friends, I put it up for a vote. I do it every couple of years about uh, getting, rid of, uh, getting rid of a defense. And I said another vote, getting rid of the kickers. And one was adding a flex, one was adding three IDPs. As of right now, 12-team league. There are nine no's and only one yes. Guess who the one yes was? Who was that? That'd be me, Scott. I was the yes. Everybody else. Oh, okay. Nine to one. And I, what's, more, what's most frustrating is not the IDPs, by the way. I expected that to be shot down. But I thought that getting rid of the kicker and adding a flex would have a chance because several owners have bitched in my league about the kickers. And yet it's still nine to one. Which means even though you bitched about it, you still didn't vote against it or vote for it. So uh, this is what, what I mean. Sometimes being a commissioner is the most thankless job ever. I put it up for a vote to try and appease the people, and it still gets voted down. You know what? Go to hell. <laughs> Go to hell. Um, you know what, though? I'm also seeing some league now. It's not, not only eliminating the defense. I mean, eliminating the kicker. They're eliminating the defense, and I, I really don't like that. You know, football's not a game that you play one side of the ball. No, I don't want to eliminate defense altogether, I, and I wouldn't do that. You know, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't eliminate the DSTs and put a flex in. I want de- defense to be uh, accounted for some way. I would prefer IDP. But if not, then DST is fine. I'm not really railing against that. I'm not. I would just prefer IDP. Right. Uh, yeah, I haven't played IDP in, in a few years, and I always thought that you know, like fantasy football should be a representation as much as we can be of the NFL game. If it's more of the offense, offensive uh, game than anything, you know, I'd like to see team offensive lines maybe in a league where uh, you, if, a, if a running back rushes for 100 yards, they get a bonus and they lose one point for every sack allowed. See, that's hard because, you know, odds are you're going to score with the best run. You know, Ezekiel Elliott automatically want the Dallas Cowboys, whether, whether the line's good or not. You know, Le'Veon Bell, you're going to want the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think you'd have to go, I mean, 
You probably have more both of those stacks. teams you just mentioned really have good offensive lines. Nah, Pittsburgh's really not known for a great offensive line. Dallas certainly oh, they're, is. They're a very good offensive line. But, you know, Pittsburgh may not be known to the mainstream like <laughs> Dallas, but that's a very good offensive line. I think, though, I think you'd want more advanced stats, like maybe pancake blocks. You get a point. Yeah. You know, uh, whenever there's a tackle for a loss, you, you lose a point. Uh, you know, but I think right. you need uh, the problem is I think you need, we need to find a way to get, uh, get them more, uh, more pluses because I think we can find more negatives than pluses. So I think that's the issue there. But I agree with you. I would you, like you to have a way to get offensive You can't weight it too high either way, though, because you don't want it really, like, overwhelming the game. Like, you know, some IDPs, you've got to be careful about how you weigh them. Yes, uh, you're, you're 100% correct in that. In, in all situations, with any of these extra uh, players you're going to use, you have to make uh, – and so, in, essence, in some ways, it may be a work in progress. You may realize, you know, week six, oh, screw that up. We'll fix it next year. You know, uh, and th- that happens, especially in new leagues when you add in all points. And this is in all sports, by the way. You always uh, – it always bugs you out to work out there. But I, I like your idea, though, of somehow getting the offensive lineman in there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've met some NFL players before – who've played on defense, and I said, do you realize that you could be a fantasy pick? And, like, what are you talking about? I said, and I tell them about IDP, and they, they, they don't even realize it exists. Like, you know, they, of course every NFL player hears about fantasy football, but usually it's the offensive players who's hearing it in, in their ear. And, uh, you know, defensive players have no idea that IDP exists. No love for the defense, certainly no love for the offensive lineman. I said, I, IDP, I enjoy it, Scott. I truly do. It's uh. It makes the Monday night game so much more interesting when you're down 14 points, but you have Sean Lee, you have Eric Kendricks, and he's playing. You know, and you're also you're rooting for tackles, you're rooting for everything, uh, except for the offensive explosions. Uh, it's just, like I say, to me, it makes the game. And I, listen, I understand I'm more fantasy crazy than most people. Uh, I get it. But it, it makes the game, in my mind, more interesting. We, sh- we just shouldn't forget about the defenses. It's an option. That's all I want to throw out there is an option. I, I'm fully aware. That it'll never be mainstream. It'll never even be half the, half the leagues play IDP. But I, I certainly think it's be more than 10%. And I, I think enough people don't know but or don't realize it. You know, there's a way to, uh, to account for defensive play. It's actually very, it's very easy. You know, you're only, you're, only adding, uh, you're only getting points generally for tackles, turnovers, and maybe tackles for loss. That's really it. I mean, it's not like we're adding 10,000 uh, new categories here. You're adding three or four. And that's where we all get their points in. And uh, I just think it's a shame that, you know, we don't, we're not, in fantasy, we don't, we're not recognizing a J.J. Watt and how great he used to be or somebody of that ilk. We just, we just ignore that. And uh, I, I guess I'd like to correct that. I think I have a fantasy football mind because I can remember just about everything about offensive players, but sometimes defensive players, it doesn't, I don't retain the information quite as, uh, quite as heavily. Maybe because I'm just not utilizing it as yeah. much. And, you know, you go on sites like Rotoball or Roto World, and, you know, they're not updating defensive players nearly as much, although they both sites do a pretty good job of, you know, like, uh, you know, detailing the key defensive players or the key offensive linemen, you know, who might be injured or on the move. I, I, I agree. Listen, I'm the kind of guy, and I wonder if you are too, you know, when you're watching a, a game or whatever, a sports center, whatever the highlights, and they show you, you know, uh, and they, they'll scroll on the bottom. That so-and-so player had eight catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. All I'm doing is the math there. Eight, 11 catches, 19, two touchdowns, 31 points. 
that's the first thing that goes through my mind on everything. 31 fantasy points. That's, that's all I'm adding up now is uh, in my leagues, how many fantasy points that guy get. I don't care really who won, who won the games anymore. I'm just, it's constantly. I look, I'm looking at that scroll, especially on Sundays when it's going across, and thinking, and it's just calculating fantasy points. It's all I'm doing over and over again. All right, it's a half point PPR league. Now he has 27 fantasy points. No PPR, so he has 23. You know, and you just keep doing that over and over again. That's how my mind works. You know, as far as uh, I'm just automatically during the season calculating points. Yeah, and, you know, I'd like to get in an IDP league this year, but I don't know anybody that's playing in one. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen out there all of a sudden will want me to get into their IDP league, but I'm I'm picky about, you know, what league I get in. But then again, you know, I'm not a snob like Corey Parson where – you know, I'm not going to play in a league with listeners. You know, Corey only plays in leagues with, like, you know, either famous people or, you know, high-stakes players. I play in all kinds of leagues. You know, it's, uh, you know I'm not going to turn down an invitation because it's a listener. I actually, like, like, I consider that a privilege to be invited by a listener. But uh, I think I'm picky about the leagues that I play in. Like, you know, uh, you know, Craig Carton, who's, like, you know, really like a fantasy football amateur, you know, like he's created this league on the morning show. It's a thousand dollar entry, and I turned him down. And you can tell he's pretty hurt by it. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm not paying a thousand dollars to be in Craig Carton's personal league. You know, it's like, you know, there's not any, any sort of level of you know stiff competition there. You know, outside of outside of Corey Parson, you know, and maybe Gabe Morency. You know, there's there's no nobody really that I'm inter- that interested in in playing against if I'm going to lay down a thousand dollars to do it, you know, and Craig is, is, is saying on the air, like, well, you know, if you guys aren't fantasy experts, if you're not in my league, it's like, well, who are you? It's like, you're a great radio show host, but when it comes to fantasy, you have no credibility. It's like, you don't even know who Emmanuel Sanders is. I like, I don't want to be in your league. I'm not paying a thousand dollars to, you know, to be in a league with a, you know, with, with a bunch of, you know, true amateurs, like, you know, people who, who listen to this show, they're serious players. I, I lay down $1,000. I want to play with serious people. Well, I got my first thought is, oh, $1,000, I think it's going to be easier to win. I might want to go in there and uh, take, a, uh, yeah. take a chance at winning my. But I've learned over the years, and this is something I've certainly learned uh, over the last five years, that I've got to cut down on my leagues. Because I used to be that guy, oh, what? I'm invited? Oh, I'm in. When's the draft? Because I, I, yeah. I do love drafting, you know, and I, I wanted to draft. It was because it was so hard for me to turn down anybody as long as the league was legit, you know, uh, and I, I wanted to play. But I also found out that if I was in 20 leagues, I wasn't as good because it, you can't pay attention to every league. And the most, I guess the hardest thing for me is Sunday mornings are hell for us because we're, we're busy. We're answering questions. We're getting all, uh, everything ready, whether it's radio shows, whether it's, you know, answering, uh, answering questions. And now I got to set 20 lineups. You know, if I'm doing all this work or writing a column, whatever it might be, and I hear it. 1230, a certain player's not playing. I'm in 20 leagues. I may not have time to take the guy out of my lineup. And now I'm starting, I'm starting at zero because I'm in too many leagues. So I've learned that over the years to, to calm it down. You know, and I'm not talking about best ball leagues that you and I talked about earlier. That's different. That's draft, pretty much draft and leave. That I'll play in 10, 12 just on its own because, once again, I don't have to worry about that on Sunday mornings. But uh, I guess uh, I, I want to be a more competitive player, a better player, and not be one of those nits who, uh, like I said, ends up having a zero for a uh, – a guy in his line was not playing. Even though I knew about it, I just wasn't able to get to it because of how busy we are on Sunday morning. So the, that's the only reason now that I've calmed my leagues down because I don't want to make the mistakes I, I have made in the past. I know I lost a playoff game once uh, because, once again, uh, I found I think it was the old when 
I forget the old Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguar running back who was out late. The other guy went in. I had the other guy on my roster, but I couldn't get to it in time because I believe I was answering the answer queue for you, actually. And uh, I just couldn't get there. And then it ended up costing me uh, the play. Well, I wouldn't have won the championship yeah. anyway. Well, I'm an American, yeah. Scott. It's never my fault. It's always somebody yeah. else's fault. And in this case, it's yours. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Thank you very much. But you make a good point. I've got to be careful about the amount of leagues that I'm in. You know, that's something else I consider. And it's, you know, I was in 18 leagues a few years ago. And, I, you know, $1,000 to me is a lot of money, you know, to, to play with a bunch of nobodies when I have to, you know, be careful about how many leagues I'm going to be in. You know, if I, if I, me personally, if I'm laying down $1,000, you know, it's, it's like uh, I'm figuring I'm in a league with stiff competition, you know, that it's a serious league. I don't, I don't take that league as serious. I would take it uh, serious, uh, and once it gets $1,000, I'll take it serious. I think I might take it the most serious of any of my leagues, uh, but I wouldn't do it uh, as well. Mainly because, listen, uh, the highest money league I'll play in is uh, my home league. It's about 250 give or take. Uh, yeah. It's not a set Mine amount because we, yeah. char- we charge per transaction. So it could be more, it could be less, depending on what happens. And listen, uh, trying to explain to my wife that I'm uh, spending $1,000 on a fantasy league, probably not going to go over well. You know, we're all probably going to get revenge, and all of a sudden there's a $1,000 bill from uh, whatever sh- uh, store she's shopping at. Well, if you could do it, I could certainly do it. The difference is I might yeah. have a chance to win five, five, six times more than that, where unless you're returning that dress, uh, we're not getting that money back. So uh, I don't feel like having that discussion. Yeah, me neither. You know, it's uh, – I, I, I would say, you know, spending that kind of money on a league, you know, is is a little bit – you know, more than I can do. It's a, it's a bunch of considerations, you know, it's budget, you know, comp, you know, the level of competition and the amount of leagues that I'm in, you know, it just doesn't make sense for me. And, you know, that was leading to a long winded way. The conversation is like, you know, then I'd like to hear from listeners on this at 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-84-FNTSY, 844-843-6879. What's the most you would spend or the most you have spent to be in a fantasy football league because even if I'm in a league where it's $250 and I win three grand like I did last year, you know, how much of that money do you actually reinvest into the league next year? That's also true. I mean, uh, Except the highest I've ever spent on a, uh, a one-year, a one-time fee has been 500, and I finished third. So I think I made three times. So I made get 1,200, 1,500 back. And but that, I only play. I didn't play in that league after that. Uh, I I left for. I don't think I liked one of the rules. That was strange. So uh, it wasn't an expert league. But uh, and I've done that with several leagues. You know, uh, that's a big thing of mine. If uh, I'll play once, but if I don't like something about it, eh, I'm probably not coming back. You know, win, win or lose, I'll move on. But uh, generally, I, and the big thing is, I want to make sure I have fun during the leagues. And a thousand dollars means it may not—it's not boring on fun now. Now it's a job. Now I really do want to win, and maybe I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, it's. I think I top out at about at about two hundred and fifty dollars. You know, and there's people who say, you know, you, you guys are fantasy experts. You you do it. You do it for a living. To me, it's not so much about the fee as it is the level of competition. You know, I've played in free leagues, George, but, like, the competition is very intense. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. We want your phone calls at 844-843-6879. How much are you willing to spend on your fantasy football league this year? Let us know.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Roto Experts of the morning, Scott Engel and George Kurtz. How much would you pay to be in a fantasy league this year? Would you pay it all? You like free leagues better? Hmm. Something to consider. Get your exclusive edge fantasy football package on rotoexperts.com. Now, no matter what kind of league you play in, enter the king of checkout for a special discount. Get mine and George's updated player ranks. And Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. They have free rolls, registering all the time, and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free $1 million Survivor Contest, opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Dot com And, you know, we're talking about how much would you pay to be in a league. It's like, you know, I don't make, you know, a million dollars a year, you know, doing this. Uh, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I don't not uh, not, you know, I'm not saying I'm not paid by my employer uh, aptly. You know, I can't I can't complain. They take good care of me. But, you know, it's like I have, you know, I have certain responsibilities, et cetera. And much as this is my living, you know, I I'm not going to, you know, go into leagues where, you know, that pay a thousand dollars, et cetera. It's just like I don't have that kind of scratch. But uh, you know, I will get in a two hundred and fifty dollar league if I respect it and you know, I really like the competition. For me, the level of competition is important because, you know, when you when you lay down a, a healthy amount of money, you wanna know that you not it's it's not about playing against uh people that you know you can take their money. I want to have. I want to play against a serious level of competition. I don't want there to be any nonsense. You know, if you pay a lot of money to be in a league, like, like, like on the morning show that they're doing, you know, you just you don't know who they're playing against. Uh, you know, people may make silly trades. Uh, you know, they might stop paying attention, etc. And I don't want to deal with that when I'm kind of investing. You know, the money because my experience only twenty years of doing this. Uh, you know, you want to play with serious competition if you want to have, I would say, you know, the the most the most uh, authentically uh, serious experience. You know, the, the the more serious the players, the less nonsense, I think. And everybody's on the same page. I want to be on the same wavelength as everybody in my league if I'm going to pay a lot of money to be in it. You know, it's funny. Uh, people, uh, you know, because I, I play in industry leagues, so people ask me about them. And I tell them most of the in- industry leagues I play in is either a nominal fee, it's like $20, or, it's, or we don't uh, put any money in. And the reason why is we play in so many of them that if they were all $100, $200, we'd all be broke. All right? Uh, you said it. <laughs> when I was getting rich doing this job, I, I can't afford to really pay $1,000 or too many 200 even $250 leagues. I can't play in five, six of them. You know, I had to pick and choose where I am here. Think about it. We're baseball, hockey, and football guys. We're going to play in 30 to 40 leagues each year. You know, this is not even including maybe best ball leagues, which also have nominal fees. That adds up. Yeah, I'll probably get a profit, 
you know, at the end of the year. It's what I'm hoping for, not including daily. You know, but in the end, if I, let's say I have a bad year, that, I'm going to be broke. So I'm going to be very uh, a little more choosy in what I uh, what I do here. Uh, so I think people have to realize that as well. That we uh, we also play in. You know, I'm I'm trying to cut down my leagues. I mentioned at one time it was t- easy twenty plus, and then I cut it down to twelve. Now, right now, I think I'm down to five, and it wouldn't shock me if it goes up one or two if I join another couple of leagues. But I'm definitely keeping it under double digits this year. Yeah, and you know, then there's the other flip side of it: the free league. You know, there are a lot of people who don't want to play in a free league because it just doesn't involve a lot of money. But a lot of the expert leagues that we play in are free. You know, there's some talk about. You know, the expert leagues are, uh, you know, versus, say, stuff like the NFFC and the FFWC. You don't take it as seriously because there's not enough money on the line. But, you know, for me, there's a different kind of currency that's on the line when you play in an expert league. You know, it's it's your reputation. Of course. Absolutely, of course. And uh, it's funny. I, I probably feel more pressure. Playing in a uh, a league, you mentioned an industry league, where uh, because your name's out there with other people you work with or uh, even work against uh, in some ways, then I would a high money league where it's just uh, you know somebody who non industry four hundred or four five hundred dollars uh, with people you know maybe you know maybe you don't maybe you know one person they invited you when you and you went on there I'll feel less pressure there than I will in a, you know a twenty dollar industry league where all of a sudden you know I, I want to beat. You know, an Eric Carabell or someone like that. You know, it, it's, it is funny how that works. Yeah, I know Carabell pretty well from having worked with him for four years. Go ahead and beat me. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they, they may not. But, you know, it, and a lot of people don't. But, uh, I'm not I know saying he doesn't my... take it seriously, but Eric is like, he can be very self-depreciating in an amusing way. My first thought in any league I join, Scott, is always I don't want to finish last. That's my first goal. You know, don't yeah. finish last, and I'll build up from there. <laughs> so uh, I, I, and that's the way I look at it. Just don't want, don't finish last. Don't, don't bomb. You know, uh, and, and go from there. I listen in most leagues. I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, uh, you know, a draft is probably not going to win it for you, but it can lose it. You know, I, I think I'm, a, I'm a pretty, pretty good drafter. It's the moves you make during the year and staying healthy. You know, that uh, man, listen, the health thing is uh, by far the most important, especially in football. You know, in baseball, you have a couple of injuries, uh, or even a lot of injuries. Uh, you could survive. You should have a deep enough roster. In football, you know, you lose your first, second-round pick, you're, you're probably toast. You're playing in a two-quarterback league, and Aaron Rodgers goes down, he's your quarterback, you're probably toast. You know, so football, uh, there is more luck involved as far as the injuries are concerned, but that also where is where your depth comes in. It's why one of the reasons why we tell you, or why I would tell you, is you have the quarterback late. You have to tie in because you want to load up on running backs. You want to load up on wide receivers to maybe take some of that luck away. Right. And then there's the thing of like playing in a league that's free that doesn't even involve experts. And you know, I've had my personal league since 2005. And, you know, it's very, very competitive. I would say half the league started – as non-experienced players, but now I would say, uh, I would say four fifths of the league is, you know, very competitive. Like it's a balance of people. There's people I consider experts in that league. There are other people I consider uh, middle of the road. Then there's one or two people who still haven't even learned anything since 2005. But it's more of a mainstream league. But you know the intensity of it. And just all the trash talk and the, the way people are involved, et cetera, 
you'd never know that there's no money on the line. I tried to get people to pay for the league, but I got so tired of chasing them for the funds, and all I was charging them was 10 10 or $20 a year so we could have a trophy fund so we could have a, a trophy at the end of the year. And nobody cared about that, but everybody is always like on me as soon as June, you know, when is the site running again, et cetera, and everybody absolutely loves the league. And, you know, if you know the people, you could play in a free league and have a lot of fun. Uh, that also said, you know, like on one of the bulletin boards that I'm usually on, you know, about one of my favorite musical groups, like people like we're starting a fantasy football league. We know you do fantasy. We want you in. And it was like it wasn't a very competitive experience. Only half the league was really active. And I'm probably not going to do it again. I, I don't like to go into a free league with a lot of people that I don't know. I don't join any public leagues. I, I just I don't do that. You know, that's not something I don't want to do. But, you know, if you know the people, you could play in a free league and still have a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, listen, my favorite league is not an industry league. It's my home league. It's by far my home. I'm playing against my brother, my friends that I've known forever. This is year 30. We started in 1988. This will be year 30 for us. You know, and it's a – I'm not going to tell you everybody's great in it. You know, but I, I, I looked the other day. Last seven years, we've had seven different winners. So it is a competitive league. It's a, it's a keeper league, 12-team league, super flex league. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, uh, we've constantly changed the rules over the years to uh, adapt to everything else. It wasn't always a super flex league. So uh, it, it is by far the league I enjoy the most because I want, I want to beat my brother. I, mean, I want to beat the crap out of him. You know, he's beating me in baseball right now, and it's, it's killing me uh, that, he's, uh, that he's beating me. And it, it's fun. You know, let me ask you a question. In, your, in home leagues, your buddies and all that, how do you handle that you're Scott Angle as far as people asking you questions? You know, I always tell people, if you ask me a direct question, even during the draft, I won't lie to you. I, I can't do it. You know, uh, even though I'm competing against you, I won't lie. But you have to ask a direct question. Don't expect me to offer up information without being asked. And uh, I think some, some people in my league are wary that I'll lie to them or that I'll try and uh, misrepresent a, a player's health or something like that. And I, I just find that funny. But I've always told everybody, as long as you ask me a direct question, I, I won't. I won't do that. If you, you know, if you're asking, if you think I'm gonna offer up information to my draft, oh, listen, don't take this guy because he he's out four weeks. Well, that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, you, you know what? I have some legendary stories about this. Really legendary to myself. Uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I started my career at CBS Sportsline when it was Sportsline USA, and you know, in the early days of, we we had a league that we swore to each other where we would stay. in in it no matter what because we were like some of the original Sportsline USA crew back from like 1997, 1998, etc. And that we used a way to always get in touch. Make a long story short, that lasted for about, I would say, eight years. And then all of a sudden you got new people coming in and I, I dropped out because it wasn't the same people anymore and the spirit of the league was gone. But in the first few years, we did live in-person drafts and people would ask me fantasy advice, you know, during the draft. And I would give it to them because I was new at the job. And to be honest with you, back in the, the late 90s, I was new to being a fantasy football professional. You know, I had good writing skills and I had new, fo new football. And, you know, I had won a, won a few of my leagues before I got the job. Uh, but I didn't – I was still learning. And – you know, I wanted everybody at the job to like me. I wanted to have fun. And people would ask me for, for information 
during the draft. And it became a precedent for like the first three years. Then one day I sat down with myself, George, and said, hey, you're giving out these information to the draft. You haven't won the league at all, and you're playing for money. So what started happening is the next two years is I stopped giving information during the draft, and people got turned off, and two people got very angry with with me. I walked into one draft with mostly the same group of people, uh, and it was baseball, and I walked in, and the guy, one of the guys said to me, you're going to tell us who's injured, right? And I'm like, no, you can go to the site and look at the injury report yourself. And he started cursing me out and saying, we don't do this for a living. You do. You should help us. And I'm like, we're playing for money, man. If you're not prepared, it's not my fault. Then, uh, then like in 2005, uh, I believe this was, uh, some guy with the number one pick asked me on instant message, who would you take at the number one pick? And I said, somebody. And he got really, really angry at me and started cursing me out on AOL Instant Messenger, saying, you're not going to get who you wanted for anyway. You should tell me. And I wanted Adrian Peterson. I didn't tell him who to take. He took LaDainian Thomas. I got Peterson at four, and I won the league. People, people like in the league, like asking me, like, you know, I got people play with me now who say, uh, they ask me a question. I say, well, what league is this for? If it's our league, I ain't telling you crap. <laughs> I guess I take a more diplomatic approach. But what I would do, I said, I'll answer the question, but I'll probably give a range of three players. You know, uh, especially if I, in your, if someone's asking a question. like, How is that not diplomatic? <laughs> because you wouldn't tell them. You know, and I, I don't think I would give a specific answer either. More people are going to ask me. They're not going to ask me who, who to pick. It was joking. I was like, I'll pick somebody. I don't know. Well, that's, you know, that's, I was that's joking solid about advice. It. You should yeah. you should pick somebody. So that that's actually solid advice yeah. there. Uh, I just uh, I don't want to be uh, Dermot Jennings. These are my buddies, you know. But we are playing for money. I think uh, the arrogance of uh, also comes in here. I assume I'm going to beat you anyway, you know, because you know depending on who the player is. A, if it's one of the better players, they're not asking me because they know. It's generally one of the weaker right. players who's asking these questions, and then. You know, listen, there is some luck involved. They could end up doing it, uh, a, a very good team. Maybe they don't get hurt, but they're not going to make the moves they need to make during the season. You know, they're going to be late on getting roster moves. That's why I assume I'm going to beat you anyway. But generally when you ask me, if one of those guys asks me, I'll give him a range of three players. Well, you know, you're looking at well, who are you going to take here? I would probably take, you know, A, B, or C. This way, hey, if they end up taking my guy, fine. They had a 33% chance they got it right. You know, if they're, if they're picking right before me, then I, I generally won't tell them. Listen, I got to pick next. I, I you know, I, I don't. I'll even give an excuse. I don't want that to cloud my thought of who, uh, because I'm going to take somebody. You know, so I, I tend to do that too. But like I said, if they ask me a direct question, generally I'm going to answer it. Yeah, KH five five eight three on Twitter says I play in three leagues normally before this year: two home leagues, two best ball, uh, one which is a two quarterback league. Most I've spent is one hundred fifty, will max at two fifty. I've I'm kind of in that range myself. You know, it's like even though I do this professionally, you know, I got to keep a you know a cap on it. But what's been fun sometimes though is I've I've had you know people say to me, you know, uh, I'm in the league. It's 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 for a grand. I won't ask you to be in the league. I won't ask you to pay anything. You be my co-owner, and if I win, I'll give you half. Oh, I'm in. 
Sounds good to me. Yeah. It's free to me. That. One of the VPs of my old company did that for like four years, but I stopped being co-owners with him because we would always argue about, you know, who we were going to pick. All right, coming up next, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's Yankee Morning, otherwise known as Carton and Friends, here on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio. George, it's been fun. Looking forward to doing this the next two days. Same here, Scott. Always good having a radio show with you, even though you're a Hawks fan. Wow, what do you got against the Hawks? Not a hockey fan. Dallas is no rivalry. No, listen, there's nothing going. I don't. I'm. I'm not Corey Parson, by the way. I don't have red, rose-colored glasses here. Cowboys aren't going to have a good year. He thinks Tony Romo should be in the Hall of Fame. Saw that promo, man. I love Romo. You know that, Scott. I'm a Romo supporter. Uh, I'm a very strict Hall of Famer grader anyway. He's not a Hall of Famer. No, to be a Hall of Famer, you had to be the best at the best at some point. He never was the best of the best. He was okay. He was a pretty good quarterback, but he never stayed healthy. Uh, you know, never never won any big games, two playoff wins, and, you know, some fizzles in the clutch there. You know, that's that's not a Hall of Famer. He's the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He also thinks Des Bryant should be in the Ring of Honor, which I disagree with. No. No. Look at the guys who are in the Ring of Honor. Drew Pearson. No, Drew Pearson's not even way. there. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Did they finally put him All in? Right. About time. Yeah. All right. More fantasy football talk tomorrow, Roto Experts, in the morning. We'll see you then.